0: Welcome aboard, Captain.
1: Welcome back to the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we talk about and celebrate Star Trek III, The Search for Spock, one minute at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, David Stoker.
0: That makes me your other co-host, Chris LaSalle.
1: Hey Chris, how's it going?
0: Uh, pretty good. We we really, really only we really only have one minute at a time today.
1: Yeah, uh, it's crazy to think that we only have one minute. Well, crew gave us uh, two minutes a couple of minutes ago. So all right, right, right. right. So we're down to the yeah, we're down to uh, just about the last sixty seconds. <laughs>
0: uh, I've been waiting for this uh, this week uh, since we started the show. This is my. <laughs> This is one of my favorite moments in all of star trek
1: wow that's uh yeah. yeah that's a hefty um that's a hefty uh thing to say
0: it, yeah I, I, and i'll 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 dole it out over the week but it's okay. this this scene is you know not specifically this minute but a scene um, right yep
1: um so we're on minute seventy four uh-huh And this minute starts with uh, Chekhov saying, uh, finishing the code saying 2B3 and ends with Kirk and company beaming off the Enterprise. Yep, yep. So Chekhov finishing his code, um, you know, 2B3. And the computer voice responding, destruct sequence completed and engage, awaiting final code for one minute countdown.
0: So, so I think we need to, let's get out of the way early, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: Just because when we were offline, I kept laughing every time we, walked, we were going through <laughs> this. And you're like, why do you keep laughing? And,
1: um, the, so is this Majel Barrett? Is doing the, voice? no, it's not. It's not. Uh, the woman who's doing the voice, um, during this movie is, uh, Teresa E. Victor. Okay. Uh, so not Majel,
0: <clears throat> uh, but, um. Yeah, every time he's awaiting final code for one minute countdown, I laugh and I and I was having trouble placing it. I'm like, there's some there's something somewhere that that's making it funny for me. And you found you figured it out.
1: Yeah, it's uh well you 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 said it makes me sound think of spaceballs, and I was like, I was like right in the process of actually looking something up because I wanted to see if it because it makes me think of space balls too. Um, And it is isn't the same woman. The woman um, in Spaceballs is Julie uh, Pitconin. I believe her her last name is Pitconin. OK. But we were just chatting and listening to the end of uh, (laughs) the end of Spaceballs where she does the countdown and uh, she says, uh, you know, have a nice day. And it just. Yeah, that's that's what I I, I totally get why you were laughing. Right.
0: I, I, I don't think I, so I don't think I normally have that reaction. When I watch search for Spock, uh, uh you know, it, normally when I sit down watching the whole film, I don't laugh at this moment. This is not a moment to laugh at, but it was just because I kept running the minute through over and over again. I was like, why, why do I keep laughing at this moment? It's kind of, it's such a, you know, serious moment and an intense moment. Um, so, but I wanted to get out early just in this episode. Cause uh, I don't want to laugh the rest of the time.
1: It's very serious. Okay. It is. It's a, it's a very, very serious moment. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So let's get the chuckles out of the way. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, then Kirk gives the code. Um, code zero, 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 destruct, zero.
0: That is. Do we have a T-shirt yet with that
1: on it? No, but I think one's coming though. Uh, yeah, I need that. The, I, I've uh, consulted the art team and they're working on it as we speak. Right. We got the interns, we got the art team.
0: Uh, uh, I don't know about you, but I love this delivery of Shatner's. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, it's zero, 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 and then he kind of gives that, you know, grimace or snarls out. Is it the last zero or destruct zero. It's like destruct zero. Yeah, um, and you know, it makes me, you gotta wonder what's going through Kirk's head. Like he, he's he's setting the ship to self destruct. Is he is he sad at this moment? Is he angry at this moment? Is he you know, uh, I'm gonna get those Klingons. You know, it, it, you wonder what's. Just in that moment when he says that final sequence, what's running through his head? Should
1: I stop? Should I figure something else out? Um, or do you think he's totally committed? Well, so there was something as as you're asking that question, there was something I uh, wanted to talk. Well, I wanted to mention while we were, uh, you know, while we were talking about you know the destruct sequence and stuff like that. Um, I think this is the first time you know watching a Star Trek show, movie, whatever that I feel like they're going to go through with it. They're, they're, they're committed. And that answers your question that they are committed. But, um, every time I watch the show, it's always a ploy. It's always something to get someone to do something. And, um, yeah, I totally, I'm totally believing that they are on their way to their, their, they're blowing up the enterprise.
0: Yeah. So, so you, so you've, you believed it. You, you weren't, you didn't think it was a, a fake out or they were going to you know flip the switch at the last second. You knew at this point, right. When, when the timer started, this was it.
1: Yep. This was it. I
0: don't, I don't remember. I don't think I, I thought this was it. Um, because I, I do remember being pretty horrified. It, at the destruction, so i, I don't think I was—I was Nah, no, they'll—they'll they'll, they'll, they'll figure something out. They got—they got sixty seconds. A lot can happen in sixty seconds.
1: Yeah, like, but I—I I don't know why, but I just thought it's this was it. It's yeah. happening.
0: What do you think of the um? What do you think of the little graphic when the timer starts? Starts at sixty, and then the it looks like you know the Enterprise. I don't know. You know when you look at coals in a fire? You kind of get the <laughs> glowing of the coals. is that
1: now it kind of looks like? The Enterprise is glowing? A little bit. I always thought it was like uh, going at warp speed, like it was like some sort of weird effect, like it's going fast.
0: Yeah, I think it looks like glowing coals, which is kind of appropriate.
1: <laughs> but I will say, <laughs> yes, it is quite appropriate. Um, but I will say that um, I do like this graphic better than... Probably most every other graphic I've seen in the movie yet. Okay. I think they actually got their act together on this one graphic.
0: You do get just off to the side. You get that nice little static display, you know, because yep. all the um, and I'm pretty sure I I programmed one of those randomized images on my Apple II back in the day.
1: <laughs>
0: um, the, you know, thinking about it, what you were saying like. Of them going through with it, mm. uh, I think you know, that I think that you've got this. You got this flash of the timer, the timer coming up, and you know flipping down to fifty nine, and then Kirk and Scotty and 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 Chekhov just immediately turn around and walk away. And and I think you, I, I think that may have been now. In retrospect, that might have been the moment where I'm like, oh no.
1: Well, yeah, they they all leave and then they yeah. run down the hall and and the music is the same music that played in Khan, where he's running to essentially Spock and that whole scenario. So this is where you're sort of like, yeah, there's no coming back from this. They've, they're, they're moving on.
0: I was, yeah, the, uh, the music, which, you know, watching this minute, I do get goosebumps watching it and it's, it's because of, in part because of the music, but uh, the, seems to go on longer. The the musical segment seems to go on longer than I remember than it did in, in uh in Wrath of Khan. I don't mm. I don't know if I'm imagining that or not. I didn't go back to actually time it. Um because you don't get a you know you don't get a huge a huge shot of Kirk running in Wrath of Khan. Right? He runs on the hall, he slides down the ladder, yeah.
1: Pushes the he, guy out of the way and yeah,
0: then yeah. Yeah then he's there. So it's not this this seems yep. a little bit longer. We've got you know we've got a we've got the build up as they're punching in all the codes. And right, then got them running down the hall, and so yeah,
1: yeah. The build up here is definitely a different type of build up than was in Rathcon. I mean, the whole thing for Rathcon was, you know, that they w- were trying to turn and run away, and you know, warp speed wasn't available, so they were slowly moving, and then you know, lo and behold, Spock fixes it, so the mains go online, and they zoom away, and then that's when you know the 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 build up has already happened. This is. You know, Spock dying is sort of post build up, even though it's another sort of build up, you right, know. Right. And that's why they didn't need the bigger the bigger seat. Here it's all buildup to them blowing the ship up because it's them putting the code in, finally putting the code in and then running down the hall and then finally to the transporter room.
0: Yeah. I wonder how closely this mirrors Wrath of Khan. Like it where were we in minute seventy seventy four of Wrath of Khan?
1: That's a good question
0: yeah because it's this yeah, I was again we were talking about it too like oh are, are we near the end of the movie search for Spock isn't this the end of it uh, but there's still still got a couple sequences left after this um, so I don't know the Enterprise uh, or the, the Genesis torpedo exploding it's probably later in Wrath of it than than, than
1: right. this moment um, so yeah so they finish running down and crew comes over and says uh says Kirk your time runs out. So apparently every villain when they're, you know, they leave villain school, they're given some sort of t- stopwatch so that they can time when their every their their opponent's time has run out.
0: Absolutely. Villain school, huh?
1: Well, I figure that's where they all go.
0: Yeah. Do you think he has a little um, you know, uh sand sand hourglass timer on his chair? We just can't see it off-screen. He's <laughs> He's flipped it over a couple of times
1: already. Well, it's fine. <laughs> well, it's, it makes me think of like when you know Khan, he literally he literally gives like the emphasis of time's up. Like he's been watching a clock and yeah. he's been waiting for that little hand to tick off. You know, he's a product of the you know late twentieth century, so you know he's got a Stop stopwatch. Not, he's got a stopwatch, so you know that hand gets up and you know <laughs> time's up.
0: Um. I like that Maltz is, is still there. We talked about that uh, last week when the, uh, the Seven Dwarves were leaving. That yep. Maltz should still be there, and we do get to see him. He is, He's in the back. Checked, yeah, tucked away in the back. Um, so before we, I guess, before we get near to, too far to the end of the minute, um, have you, have is it just me, or have, have you always wondered about the destruct sequence itself and how simplistic it is
1: in what way
0: um well the codes the 11a 2b1 it's it's a pretty simple thing to punch in um and i you would think something like that would require uh more digits or um uh, more hoops you have to jump through more red
1: tape uh, do you mean like, um, you know, rather than having your code just be one, two, three, four?
0: Yeah, yeah, because that's it's almost like what it is, right?
1: Um, or have you? Well, it's not bothered you. I don't know if it ever really bothered me. Um, I'm just trying to think of. I'm just trying to think,
0: like we've okay, so we've seen. Uh, uh, we've seen in Next Generation, you know, Riker and, and Picard uh, going to do the self destruct sequence. Yeah, and they have if to they use do like alpha, Z-
1: They do, yeah. They put their hand on, and Alpha Zeta you know, Picard level one, and yeah, I, I you guess just, maybe it's it, it's a little, but I mean it's the series of codes. So it's I mean you you would have to know. I'm assuming that each. Okay, I'm gonna back up a second. <laughs> So, you, actually, you, you brought up a pretty cool question here. Is um, so, is the code to blow up the enterprise here? Because obviously, it's a series of series of codes given by each officer. Mm-hmm. Does each officer have their own code, or is the enterprise have a certain code? Because obviously, we've tied together from the show, and it's the exact same codes from the show. Yep. So that would, and it was different people putting them in. So yep. it would lead me to believe that the codes for the Enterprise are these. Like, this is what you put in if you want to disrupt the Enterprise. Sure. But what we see in Next Generation and the other shows is that they put in, like, their individual code, like Picard, Alpha Zeta 1, or whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we've seen that in other, like, you know... Uh, uh... Because they hunt for October, that's not right. It was a Crimson Tide. Yeah. You know, they have to. They each have their own personal key card and their own personal that's you know, it's unique to them, and it's got to match right. another sequence. And you know, granted, that's what they're doing here. It's it's, it's matching up against a stored code. Um, but yeah, I've always. I don't know. I've. I like it that it's simplistic, but I also like. Well, that's
1: that's really seems seems risky. Like that could be guessed. <laughs> well, uh, I. In this, yeah, I mean, I suppose you could put some sort of, you know, like these you see in the, in the shows, in the movies where they they put the little device on and it cycles, you know, even like, um, Joshua, you know, cycles through the numbers and right. you know yeah. he gets the code. Like you, I'm sure you could cycle through until you got the code, um, but I feel like it's 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 pretty unique. I mean, it's, you know, you know, it's uh, what is it one one A and you know you would have to know each code and you'd have to have be authorized to use that code so
0: yeah i so guess I they, like this, so yeah. i feel like
1: it is a two two part system there where it's you know i'm captain of the enterprise and i initiate you know destruct sequence
0: so if, so if krug had the code if he, he say he he wrung it out of the three of them yeah um uh he might he probably wouldn't have been able to use it because he wouldn't have been able to
1: yeah the himself. wouldn't let him in right
0: um i like the idea of not everybody knowing the whole code which that doesn't obviously that that doesn't work because like we talked about spock knew scotty's part right um but i do like that that you know and i think i might have thought that too when i saw the movie was that oh i wonder if each of them have have their own unique code and you just have to bring three of them together and punch in three you know just combine the th- you know those three codes together right yeah I don't know. I guess, I mean, Star Trek, really, too, this is the second movie, even in uh, in Rathacon, the prefix code to take over.
1: Yeah, <laughs> to it's to, what? To take over a ship. Numbers, it's like yeah, yeah, you know, five know, or
0: six digits. And so.
1: Well, I feel, that, I feel like that was much more. And I probably said so back yeah. then was that was way more simplistic. And there was no repeating numbers. So it was like eventually you're there's only so many permutations. And with as powerful as computers are even today, you eventually would have figured something out. For sure um you know just plug it into your iphone i'm sure you could randomize it until you got something
0: it's interesting that that, that kirk didn't do that as we're jumping back a movie now <laughs>
1: let's talk <laughs> about
0: wrath of some more but it's interesting that they didn't do that instead and wrath was like okay punch in the prefix code and then put in their destruct codes <laughs> right yeah <laughs> surprise <laughs> movie over <laughs> Ultimately, it would have been the same thing, right? Do you think you know? It was Kirk wasn't? They were just they were just trying to save their life. Would he have destroyed the Reliant? Had the opportunity, he was trying to destroy the
1: Reliant, wasn't he? Um, I assume so. It's a, man. If only we had a podcast that we could talk about Wrath about. Can we do supplemental episodes to our <laughs> own podcast
0: and go back? <laughs> Sorry. I, but i bet people would like that <laughs> okay they so have
1: captain log supplemental
0: supplemental there you go yeah there you go. Uh, all right well yeah so the this the code sequence again uh, i love it and i also have a question mark but it's it is pretty fun especially when you think about mm. you can have the three people and uh and, and the end of it too is just you know, zero 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 destruct right. zero yeah
1: that's cool I think this whole sequence is is cool. I mean, I think the whole and, you know we've complained. I think the entire movie about the the Enterprise and the bridge scenes and how bad they are, but man, they have they have tightened up this the events here, and it is really I am now engaged in what Kirk and crew are doing.
0: For sure. Uh, so they get onto the uh, transporter pads, and. Uh, things I noticed. So I remember we saw Sulu grab his coat. He's already got it on. He's ready to go. Yep. Uh, McCoy was nice enough to bring Kirk's coat. He's carrying well, it.
1: Isn't that nice of him. Yeah.
0: Uh, Scotty is, I guess, wearing his coat, right? That.
1: Yeah he's, the, yeah. he's got that. Yeah. Uh, he's got that. Bad coat. Yeah. <laughs> Chekhov doesn't look like he has his coat. No, he's got it. He's got. It. I see is, it. Is he, is he holding it? He's holding it. Okay. So he's holding his jacket. Um, so I have. I have a a question here. So first I'm going to point out something that I didn't notice at first viewing of the minute, but now that I'm watching it in loop. um, So they're on the pad. They engage the transporter. And it looks like the, the transporter beam goes out, and then it comes back in. And it looks like they reappear for a second, and then the transporter goes out again, and then they disappear. I noticed that too, yeah. Okay. Is that... Uh, mistake in the movie, or was that just the way the transporter works?
0: I don't know. I don't think we've ever seen that happen before. Um,
1: it's a little distracting. I, I, I. A little bit because. And I'm going to jump ahead about two seconds into the next minute because I feel like we did. Yeah. You know, we're talking about this. So this minute ends pretty much when we see the beaming start you know it's almost like we see a half a you know millisecond of the klingons beaming in yeah. and so when you look in 2 seconds into the future into the you know minute 75 there is no double beam you know it is the beams go out you know and then they appear so i'm wondering if that was a deliberate um, film trick to make it appear that the beam longer you know build up the tension a little more yeah, maybe, and also to
0: confuse us a little bit because, <laughs> well, right? You know, because okay, the Kirk's beaming away. Oh no, he's beaming back. Oh no, wait, now it looks like a Klingon is coming. What is going on? You know, like, yeah. it, maybe it's oh, a maybe. Little,
1: little of that. Um, and so what? Ha- so what? Ha- okay, go ahead.
0: Sorry. No, I just the, the other thing that the other thing that distracted me, other than the visual, was the audio because you get that beaming out noise. Uh, yeah, but then you also get the. It's the same sound effect they used when they beamed into Regula, into the planetoid, and okay. I remember. I remember we commented on it because you, know, you kind of get that, you know, the camera shot from from space, you know, like kind of zooming down onto the mm. the planet surface, and then they you know arrive in the tunnels, and they so they've got this extended beaming sound effect, and then this I don't know, that's not even what it sounds like, <laughs> but this just an extended noise, um, and they used it again here. Um, so now I'm like, well, is that just the, have I missed it? That that's the, that's the beam out noise, the beam out noise. I, I, I have to pay attention now to other, other beaming sequences. That, if they use that sound, because yeah. I thought it was just special and unique
1: to zoom. I, yeah, I think we only see one more beaming in this whole movie. I think that's it. Well, maybe two, maybe two. Okay. Maybe two. All right. Um, so my final thought, you know, as we're, as we're getting to the end of the minute here is, is it so obviously you know I'm um, I'm done talking about the minute I guess so. now I'm going on to I'm going out on Dave's tangents here um, <laughs> if Kirk hasn't left the pad because obviously they do that double you know the double beam, um what happens if the Klingons start transporting in?
0: <laughs> I had that note for Wednesday,
1: but let's talk about it <laughs> uh. Do we get the scene from Motion Picture? Ugh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what did I just see recently? I saw some some social media post like, "Oh, what movies traumatized you as a child?" And uh, oh,
1: that scene totally. I yeah, mean, that
0: is. That was a that was rough. That was a rough scene for a rated G movie. Um, yeah, but I don't I don't know, Dave. I think uh, I definitely had that. had the same note like, "Oh God, they they beam in." you know half a second before kirk leaves yeah. uh, but i gotta think that transporter pads are you know blocked you know you can't you can't beam in until someone beams out or vice versa right um which i don't understand because you know you could you could beam you know 10 feet in front of the transporter pad and still be beamed into the ship right someone could just you know the Klingons could have beamed them onto any part of the ship they wanted to, right? Um, so, so even if they beamed them, say, four inches forward, <laughs> they'd still be partly on the pad. I don't know. I don't know how it works. There's got to be safeties, though.
1: Yeah, it makes me think of um, makes me think of this the movie um, Time Cop, where uh, their whole thing is like matter can't occupy the same space, you know. Ooh, and when safe. it finally does happen, you know when the the senator there like meets himself he turns into like this gelatinous blob
0: is that jean-claude van damme is that the movie oh, you're talking oh, it about is. oh it is <laughs> um you know what a, a, one thing i've never thought of either you know just going back to this okay so can't beam into and this is my theory right you can't beam yep. beam into a transporter pad when someone's standing on it or Be, you know, the process of beaming out or beaming Mm. in. Um, But the Klingons are, they're beaming themselves onto their transporter pad. So is there, do we have to assume that there is compatible technology here that, you know, the the Klingons transporter respects the lock that's on the transporter pad? I'm getting way too technical, but do you know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, I have transporter technology, so do we, but, you know, when do they line up and say, oh, yeah, you know what, we got to make sure that. We can't beam onto each other's pads <laughs> <We> and <can't laughs> merge You know what I mean? Um, so there's another think, another kind of question.
1: I think the whole yeah, I think the whole thing of transporting is such a interesting. It's such an interesting concept in the Star Trek universe because yeah, like you were saying, like how do I know that your pads sync up with my pads? Yeah, and how do I know I'm transporting on your pad? Like I know they they must have some they must, they must they must have some way to identify like when you i don't know it just seems yeah
0: we've always gotten all these little glimpses and of you know how tra- how the transporters work but you never really get a good thorough deep yeah you know how all the systems engage and you know i'm thinking of um the first kelvin reboot film when they were when, when Chekhov was trying to lock onto them, weren't they like yeah, like yeah, they're
1: falling? They're and falling, like and he's how, trying yeah. to
0: he's trying to catch them and get their signal and all that stuff. It's like oh, that's a pretty good that was a pretty good taste of, you know, what it could be like behind the transporter station. But
1: so I did. So I'm looking at the minute again, and I did have one more thing that I wanted to mention before um, before I'm done. But before you're done, so please, is, please is the is the sign in the background? That says caution. Oh, yeah? Can you read it? I can. It actually says caution. Number one, no smoking. (laughs) Does it really? Yep. Okay. Uh, Number two, place feet in center of pad. Oh, my God. You're kidding. Okay, yeah. Number three, keep extremities within transporter field. That? So that that means that you have a limited – there's a boundary – to your your transporter field, so that means if you stick your arm out, goodbye arm. We need to see that. Th- that that should happen a
0: lot in Star Trek, don't you think? I would think so. There's another T-shirt right there. Get to the, call the art department. Put them on hold. <laughs> I want that T-shirt. That that's is, what it says.
1: It that's says, that's Keep alir- extremities th- within transporter field. So that seems like a joke to me, like a joke sign. And it could be one of those, quote, Easter eggs that, that, you know, they put in the movies to see if people are paying attention.
0: <laughs> so if I'm smoking and I'm pointing at the guy next to me, what happens? I'm going to lose my hand. But if I was smoking, what does, you know, is the cig- <laughs> cigarette going to get, like, merged with my forehead or something? Or
1: that's, I don't know. That's awesome. That's a great question.
0: Well, you just, I don't know. I I got nothing now. That was a... <laughs> Nice eyes, man. I just, I definitely have seen the caution sign, but never thought to actually look at the detail of it.
1: Yeah, really? I was sort of, I, I was sort of just, you know, I was scrubbing back and forth just to see if I could see anything else. And, you know, I see bones disappear, and I'm looking behind them, and I'm like, hey, there's a sign there, and I'm like, I can sort of read it, but then I had to expand like so big, and you know, we're not necessarily watching like high def, you know, screen caps, but. I'm going to have to put in, you know, the the Blu-ray and I'm going to have to take a look and confirm that that's what it says, but I'm uh, you know, I'm 99% sure that's that's exactly what it says.
0: I'm pretty sure those are like the same instructions too like when you get on a roller coaster or something, isn't it?
1: Pretty much. Keep arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, you know what? That you Trump, I got nothing now. I'm good. Do you, do you have anything else for the minute?
1: I do not. Right. I am good.
0: Okay. Um, well, let's wrap it up. Uh, folks, if you want to, uh, we've been talking about T-shirts all episode. So if you <laughs> want to uh, if you want to pick up a Star Trek Minute T-shirt, we've all got all sorts of cool designs out there. Uh, head out to tpublic.com slash Star Trek Minute. Um, uh, we get a little bit of a... We have proceeds for every shirt that's sold, uh, comes back and helps keep the lights on here at Star Trek Minute. So much appreciated. Um, and we're going to be back again on Wednesday talking about Minute 75 of The Search for Spock here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Goodbye.